Welcome to another episode of Access Answers. I'm your host, Julia, along with Angela, and we're excited to introduce our guest who we've spent the past week with. Yes, thank you, Kim, for spending even more time with us after a lovely three days at the AIM conference last week. Kimberly DeCola is the information manager for Austin Energy, and she also oversees the public information requests. So we're here today to talk more about the presentations that you presented at AIM, our conference experience post-COVID, and the wealth of knowledge that you have just from your profession and your experience. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So I guess let's just jump right into what was your biggest takeaway or favorite moment of the AIM conference last week? Oh, let's see. I really enjoyed um, actually presenting with the gentleman on Friday with Mark Patrick that was the first time I met him in person, and it was really a great thing to listen to him talk about his business. He works for the Joint Chief of Staff, and he and his team support the, the uh, Joint Chief. And so it was really cool to listen to the way that their office is set up between uh, military and civilian, and then getting to present with him. He made a comment that even though we came from two entirely different worlds in terms of, of work, we had a common bond through information management and then the tool, a lot of the tools that we were using. And we had a lot of, a lot of shared challenges and problems, uh, despite, you know, the distance and the, and the type of business and size of our organization. So I think that was probably my favorite part of the week. And I think it's worth mentioning that Kim had three sessions over the course of the <laughs> He was definitely one of the busiest people there. Well, and one of the sessions was a two-hour workshop. My goodness, that's a big undertaking to fill two hours of time. It was. I was actually pretty worried about that because that presentation, you know, was streamlined to be just about an hour long based on the the uh, presentations we did last year. And so when I realized it was two hours long, I added a few more things to it. But I was a little concerned we were going to be done early. And actually... We went to about 10 minutes before the end time. There were a lot of really good comments and questions from the people that were there. And we managed to fill up that time. I think it went really well. I was I was happy with the outcome. So the topic of your presentations last week was around the project when you were with the Austin Convention Center making the migration. The I think it was called Journey to the Cloud was the title. Yes. The presentation. So that was even a few years ago. Were you surprised at all or not really that this is still a challenge for other folks? I'm not surprised at all. I think that they're still, based on my knowledge of, of the industry and conversation with my peers, um, especially in the government, in the government sector, since, since a lot of our stuff lags behind other uh, industries and our, you know, our licensing lags behind. I'm really not surprised to hear that there are still challenges. I think not only is it is it technological, but there's such a vast array of people working together right now, and and you know different levels of comfort with software and systems. I know that was very apparent 
you know, in the convention center, we had people who had never even been in Microsoft 365, even though it had been turned on in the department for a couple of years before this project, you know, people didn't have to use it. They weren't trained how to use it and had never used it. And so all of a sudden moving into this new system, we had everyone from that end of the spectrum all the way up to people who could teach classes on SharePoint and everyone in between. So I'm not surprised that other places are still having that problem, not only with getting started in the software, but um, still trying to manage the sprawl and, and the guidelines and the governance around the 365 platform. One of the things I really appreciated about your presentation was the openness about the lessons learned and things now looking back, what you could do different or different tools or systems to use. Tell our audience here today on the podcast what some of those takeaways were or lessons learned. Well, I thanks for that because I really, I really try to be honest about things that I've encountered. I think a lot of people try to uh, pretty it up because they don't want to admit to having issues or having problems or that they don't know um, all the answers. I heard someone say in one of the presentations last week that it's okay that we don't have all the answers and don't know everything. And I've always felt that if I could help somebody else not make the same mistake or take a different path, then I'm more than happy to share those challenges. For us, it was not only the technology part, but because that that, that required a lot of handholding, a lot of additional training, some, you know, for some people more than others, which was fine. That's part of our job. We also realized that we didn't ask some questions in the beginning that we should have. And because of a lack of understanding about some of the subjects, uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So there were some things we didn't know to ask that sort of caused some issues down the line. And had we known to ask in the first place, we could have avoided that. But that's part of the, you know, that's part of doing a project like this too. And we also realized as we started the actual migration that we had put too tight of a time frame on all of the divisions, and we had to loosen that a little bit. Some of them um, needed is you know needed three or four weeks when the original timeline was two for each group. So it took a little bit longer, but that was the only way it was going to work. And we had to really go into this being flexible with the units, not only because of the business demands, but you know you just can't you can only get so much sometimes out of people. They just can only do so much at a time, and you have to be willing to go with that. When it came to the change management piece of it, what were some of the top concerns that people had that made them not so comfortable with the change? I would say the thing I heard the most, other than people not knowing how to use SharePoint, the thing I heard the most were, were questions about what happens after all my stuff is moved? How am I going to find it? There was a lot of concern about how they were going to locate their documents. Because when you look in a shared drive, you normally see, you know, lists of yellow folders and you click through your yellow folders until you find the document you're looking for. Well, we went with the flat approach in the SharePoint library. So there was no more folder structure, no folder hierarchy. And that really concerned some people. That was an absolute change of, of life for some of them and the way they had been working. And they really had a legitimate concern about how they were going to be able to search for and find their documents when there were no more folders there for them to look through. So that that was probably the biggest thing. And, and again, that circled right back to a lot of handholding, a lot of conversations, 
a lot of meetings about it and demos about how the product worked. And uh, that was part of the job of the records management team and myself and our administrator to keep relaying that message until we got everybody where they needed to be. Yeah, I think in the session that I sat in, we talked about the blockers and Renu mentioned, you know, don't underestimate the blockers because if you can tackle the opposition first, sometimes they're the biggest supporters throughout the rest of the project. Did you encounter any blockers or did you quickly identify who those champions were? Uh, Both. We did have some blockers. There were a couple of people who were very vocal about not wanting to do this and not understanding why we had to do it and why we couldn't continue on the way we were. Uh, there was there was one or two people, I think, that really fit what Renu was talking about. Once they got the hang of it and they started working in the system, they really turned around and became supporters of it. I think the one of the biggest things that won them over was the ability to collaborate on a single document together. Uh, once we started doing some demonstrations and walking through that process together where they could actually see five or six or seven of them on the same document making changes that really you know that really made a lot of them happy because there went the there went all the multiple copies through email that they were working with and so I totally saw that happen and we had some champions too that that really kind of led the way as well. They were, um, you know, the early adopters. They were happy to get in there and start working. And then they were able to help some of the others along the way too. It was a little surprising to me being at the conference and, you know, many of the vendors there were software vendors selling the different ECM enterprise content management systems. And I didn't see a lot about change management on the agenda for the sessions, or at least not as the, um, to the degree that I would have expected. Maybe that's an opportunity for us next year. I think so. And I noticed that too. Um, I've, I think that, you know, I've been to all of the, all of the major information management conferences and you do find some about that in there. It's particularly why I like to, I like to hear about case studies because I, I like to hear how other companies did projects that are similar to what we're doing and how they managed it. And really, I don't think people give enough credit to change management, because if you don't bring your people along and ensure that they're comfortable with whatever solution or technology that you're using, they're not going to adopt it. And I've seen that happen before in my own company. Uh, you know, I've been through more than one job at different places where there's been a major software change or a software upgrade. The convention center went through that, not only with SharePoint, but their um, their sales and event system um, changed over a couple of years ago. And it was a huge project. And if you don't, you know, help those people along and bring them along, you're going to have problems Either they're not going to use it right, they're not going to put the right information in it, or they're just not going to use it at all if they have another choice. Access Answers is owned and operated by Access Sciences. We design, implement, and operate integrated solutions to manage information, unlocking its full value throughout its life cycle. We do so by applying creative minds, diverse experiences, and a passion for problem solving. If you're interested in partnering with Access Sciences, send us an email at info at accesssciences.com. 
Can we just take a second to talk about the restaurant that we had dinner at in Denver, Giovanina's Broken Italian? And the basement was so cool. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It looked like it was 100 years old. Yeah, it was a little romantic for ladies' night, but <laughs> we made the most of it, and it was it was great. And it was my first time trying olive oil cake. That was great. Mm-hmm. Yes. so It good. was. The food was really good, too, and I thought the service was nice. Um, it was certainly an experience. Did you ever find a good recipe for the olive oil cake, Julia? No. That's on my to-do list for sure, though. Yeah. When you find that, you have to share it. I think that's an, it's a nice summer dessert. It kind of tasted like strawberry shortcake, I thought. Yeah, very light. And then it had the berries around it. And I think it was served with some sort of sorbet, right? Yes, it had their um, their lemon cherry, I think she said it was. It was pretty good. Mm, yum. Yeah, that was a good time. Too bad we never made it on one of those scooters. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, next time we're all in Denver, we'll be scootering around. (laughs) So, Kim, what was, Julia and I have gone to a couple of conferences now post-COVID, but I think this was your second conference? It was. How would you describe the experience going back now, kind of into the real world? Um, I I thought it, uh, really, this one here felt like it did before COVID. It was, everybody was pretty relaxed and and it, it seemed a lot like it was before the conference I attended in December was still under a lot of the, the guy, you know, the, the CDC guidelines, everybody was masked up the entire time. And it was, it was uncomfortable. It was hard to be, um, you know, in that kind of setting, there was a lot of walking and stuff and, and wearing a mask all the time is, is difficult, but, uh, this one seemed a lot more, um, at ease and, and, I don't want to say laid back. I think people were careful, but you know, they took precautions and, and I think, I think we did fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It made me very hopeful that, mm-hmm. you know, we can still kind of get back to these robust conferences and talking to people. It's just completely different than the virtual conference. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I liked the virtual ones too, but you lose something along the way in a virtual setting that you, you don't get when you're together. Yeah. So where are you going to be presenting next? What's next on your list? I don't have any plans for another one. Um, (laughs) I guess we'll get working on that. (laughs) Okay, write that on our to-do list, Julia. Put it in our calendar. Get Kim more speaking engagements. Yeah, I don't have, um, I don't have any immediate plans. I, um, I would really like to um, entertain going to Nagara next year. That's the only one of the of the conferences I have not attended. Um, I'm, I can't go to this this year's because it's too close to this one, but mm-hmm. I would love to go next summer uh, since theirs is, is specifically related to government records. Yeah. Um, and maybe we'll submit the presentation for them too, but I'd, I'd like to go to their conference. Um, I don't know how big it is compared to some of the others um, since I've never been, but I'd like to check it out sometime and see what it's like. Were you surprised this time that you were doing three different sessions? Yes. I, I, I guess I didn't realize when she asked me about it. I knew I knew I was doing the two-hour one, although I didn't know it was two hours at first. Um, I She asked me on the phone about 
uh, a session, the Ask Me Anything session, which is what we did Friday. But I, I thought it was going to be, you know, in a in a small room with maybe a round table type setting. And I didn't know about the campfire session with Renu until Renu told me about that. I, I don't remember um, that being discussed on the call. It's possible I missed it when we were talking, but I didn't realize it was going to be th- to the extent it was. And I certainly wasn't expecting to be on stage there at the end, um, <laughs> presenting to a whole room full of people under stage lights. Yeah. Well, I have to say you're a phenomenal speaker. And I really admire how laid back you are, even in preparation for the event and during the event. So, oh gosh, that was uh, then I I did a good job of covering it up because I was a wreck the week before the presentation. <laughs> I I haven't done a live presentation. I mean, we did the virtual ones, but I haven't done a live one in person since 2018, and uh, and that was on disaster planning, which is my specialty. I'm I'm comfortable with that. I mean, this presentation was supposed to be for three people. I had to retool it to do it myself and learn two other parts. And I was a disaster. I, I The week before, I was so nervous. I, I was not looking forward to going. My husband was just, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I'm like, I was just, I was just a mess. <laughs> well, you hit that very well because the entire time that I saw you, you were cool as a cucumber. Well, I'm glad I've gotten good at covering it up then. (laughs) Yes. Public speaking is definitely a natural gift that you have. I never wanted to do it. Let me tell you, when I first found out a few years back that I had to start teaching classes at the clerk's office, I was totally against it. Um, I never, I never liked being in front of a crowd and I still get nervous every time I do it, but I I enjoy it. I enjoy doing it now, despite how nervous I get. Um, I, I do like doing it for the most part. Yes. Well, we are serious about writing that action item down to get you some more lined up. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, it's a good, it's a good experience for me too. You know, we push ourselves out of our comfort zone, which is never a bad thing. So yeah. it's good for me too. Um, I'm, I'm kind of an introvert and it's, it's good. It's good for me to push myself and challenge myself on those things. That comfort zone is a dangerous place to be. It is. It is. It's good to it's good to get out of it and try new things because, you know, I I may never have met you know I like I said I met Mark Patrick and I probably would never have had that opportunity had we not been put together to speak and yeah and so I made a new friend and a colleague and so there, there's a there's a reason why we do all these things sometimes it's hard to see but there's a reason for it absolutely. So I think you mentioned you went to the AIM conference right before everything shut down in 2019, right? Yes, ma'am. How was that one compared to the one we just went to? Because this is this was Angela and I's first AIM conference. Was it 2019 or 2020? Wasn't it the week before COVID? It was like the, yes, it was the week before COVID. I think I had been back. I might have been back a week uh, when we got the orders to go home the first time, the very first time for two weeks that turned into two years. Um, <laughs> I remember those days and we thought, oh, we're just going to go home for a little two week, you know, fun time. Yeah, I think it, it was in, yeah, two weeks and it'll be gone and we'll come back. And yeah, that didn't happen. It was um, in Dallas and it was pretty good. It was a little bit different format. And I think there were more people um, mm-hmm. there than there were to this one. Uh I remember the format was a little different because they had they had a lot of um, 
I think a lot more round table sessions, if I remember correctly, they had vendors that would, you know, would facilitate these round table discussions. Um, and I, I remember the speed dating. I can't remember if they had the, the campfire sessions, but a lot of it was very similar. The, the atmosphere and the, and the uh, keynotes and stuff were all very similar. When Angela and I were putting together speaker descriptions, it was hard to remember what session was what, like, what is a campfire session? What is it? <laughs> Cause they call it different. They call it different things, which it's unique to the AIM conference as far as mm -hmm. I know. I like it the is. variety. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. It's, I had to do the same thing. Cause I, like I said, I don't remember. Um, I remember the, the round tables last time. And I remember that they had a couple of focus, like the women in information management, I think met. And I think they had one, maybe specific to energy or something. I can't remember for sure, but there were some different ones here, but I had to keep going back in a few times to look at the different um, titles too, because I wasn't sure what they all, what they all were. Yeah. Okay, Kim. So I know during your presentation, you talked about the work you've done at the convention center and the migration. Tell us to wrap up the podcast. What's something on on the forefront of your mind, what's an objective or a goal that you have 2022 and beyond? What's your new challenge? Well, I'm in a new department, uh, Austin and Energy, which is much larger than the convention center. Um, I went from a staff of 275 to about 2,000 and uh, twice the, the business units. There's 30 business units, I think, here, and there were 16 at the convention center. So a much larger staff. So my challenge right now is to um, get my arms around their program. They have, they have made a lot of good progress, but there's still a lot of progress to be made. And I have a brand new team that's, you know, that they, I'm new to them, they're new to me. And so we are forming right now and laying out our goals and our plans for the next year. And I'm getting to know the business unit. So that's really my goal for this year is to get through the plan. I, I came in, you know, quarter into the, the 22 plan. So my goal is to meet the, the um, deliverables they had already set for this year and then to really get to know my department and, and our staff because the, at the bottom line, the employees are what is most important to me. Uh, my job is, is, is protecting our information, but doing that means also the care and feeding of all of our employees and, and taking care of them. So that's really at the top of my mind is, is forging those relationships with them. Very exciting. Well, more to come on those initiatives and in future presentations. Okay. I look forward to it. Mm -hmm.